Hello and welcome to this episode of the Venus and Vesta Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. And of course, we are in eclipse season and, well, we're right now betwixt the eclipses, which I feel is an especially potent time because as we feel a new moon or a full moon energy is two days either side of that moon, you can really include it in that um you know, you're feeling the lunations energy. The same with eclipse. It's like, because it's so much bigger, it's two weeks either side. So from the 1st of October to that we've had the first eclipse on the solar eclipse on the 14th, and then there's two weeks till the next eclipse. But obviously that opens the door to the next eclipse, but it also is the period, the two weeks after the first eclipse. So it's a double layer of eclipse energy that we're getting. So it kind of acts like the pressure cooker, you know, in between one's just gone off and the other one's about to happen. So really, it's quite a potent time and and magical. If you want to use that energy, it is a magical at, at time. So this is the time where, you know, when you stay, you know, um, the gods might laugh while you're making plans or, you know, be careful what you say because the gods are listening. It's like it's so potent. Your spoken word, your thoughts, ideas might come into reality in a very real and obvious way. And we get to the 23rd of October. And of course, Scorpio season starts. I love a Scorpio season. I think October is one of my favorite months anyway. So, We've got a special double whammy Scorpio season here. But although the eclipse is not happening in Scorpio, it's in the opposite. It's on the same axis, so it'll be in Taurus. But we start on the 23rd of October for this episode, and that's when the sun goes into Scorpio. But also, really, it's joining Mercury and Mars already in Scorpio. And so already the ghosts of the past are kind of coming up, the relationship ghosts. So as I say, this is this means more like in the Scorpio realm, this is the subconscious of those people or the shadow of those people. So whereas maybe in other, in Libra or in another um, sign, the literally that person may show up. Here in Scorpio, it's the ghost of them. So it'll be like that person really looks like him or acts like him or that person is now behaving like exactly the red flags that I saw in a previous relationship. And I'm talking about relationship because of the eclipse season on the south node in Libra. And of course, on the world stage, those old relationships that have out have outgrown their karma or were not fit for purpose in the first place are really busting out. And so here we are. Perhaps the same thing is happening to us. But, you know, if it's not happening into you, not necessarily won't be romantic, but if it's not happening to you in that way, there is an idea of I really want to after the Venus going retrograde in Leo, I really want to behave in the right way and make the right choices. And of course, we're going to go on to Virgo here, making the right choices. But so as the sun moves into Scorpio, we've already had Mars move in, then Mercury move in, and they sit on that naught degree Scorpio point as the sun now will sit there and then make a trine right across to the other water sign, Pisces, where Saturn is sitting 
or naught degree Pisces. And, you know, Saturn in Pisces, it's going to be, you know, the serious time lord himself is here kind of in in the mists and the kind of very feminine, wispy, romantic, emotional fields of of Pisces where we might get lost or we haven't really got it together and we've just surrendered and maybe given up part of ourselves. So Saturn is there going, no, you cannot do this. You have to get it right. You know, this is this is what we're here for. And in fact, that becomes a very creative place for Saturn to be. Um, it's healing and it's, um, you know, so it might feel oppressive or we might feel like this is painful <laughs> and I don't know any more of this, but, but actually Saturn will eventually bring about the creativity and bring about the healing and bring about the getting it together, which previously a past Pisces position often finds it difficult to do. So with Mars, then Mercury, and now the sun sitting at that naught degree Scorpio, making a trying to Saturn. I think it's almost like Saturn's going right here. I'm the big authority here and I'm going to rubber stamp anything. And because Mercury and Mars are going deep dive into the shadow, into the underworld, into the vaults, as it were, the financial vaults, the negotiations, the power shifts, they're going deep into it. It's like Saturn is here. Just like, here's the folder. Here's your mission. I'm going to rubber stamp it. You can have access to all that classified information. Things are going to come out. And this can be quite exciting because on the world stage, we want to know the facts. People are so many people are guessing about what really is going on. Where did the guns come from? Who provided the money? There's three sources here that, you know, that that um, the money has come from America indirectly kind of thing. And we're getting to that. And and we we talk about it. Twitter talks about it, but the mainstream media do not. And so perhaps this is something that's going to start to be so obvious that they have to talk about it because everyone understands that this isn't just a straightforward argument uh, of old foes. There's so much more to it. So likewise with ourselves, we might find some more tussles going on within the relationships that we've got. And we might be finding really valuable information. But Saturn there giving the rubber stamp to the entrance to these planets and the sun going into Scorpio goes, OK, I give you permission to have a look. This is OK. I've got you kind of thing. So I quite like that. And in their journey, Mercury, Mars and the sun's journey in Scorpio, they are going to oppose Jupiter in Taurus. And they're going to oppose Uranus in Taurus. And of course, one of those oppositions is going to create the full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus. But also these three in Scorpio are going to make a sextile to Pluto in Capricorn. And Pluto in Capricorn, as we know, is sitting on the 27 degree mark, the USA Pluto return. So this is super powerful stuff. And these planets, as they're digging deep, as they're pushing on this Pluto, this uh, Pluto in Capricorn, you know, really going, right, come on. We want to know. We want to know what about the corruption, about the power games, about the aims of this, where the money shifts to. You know, th this is this is um, a really good way to watch the whole world stage show. Show us the money. 
And if someone just asked me, what is a sextile? A sextile is when two planets are a sign and a, no, you know, two sign, either sign, they've got a sign in between them. So two signs apart and they are at the, roughly the same degree in each sign. And also a sextile is half a trine and a trine goes like a third of the way around. So it goes into the next. So in this case, a trine would go from water sign to water sign because it's three. But a sextile will be halfway. So it jump a sign into the next sign. And a sextile is like a, a set of trine is a nice flow of energy between two and they get each other. But they get each other in a way that they don't always, you know, it doesn't actually make. It's like, yeah, I'm. it's like they, they both smoked a, a doobie together and they're just super chilled. It's like, yeah, that's work. That's good with thumbs up. Yep. Yeah. And nothing happens. You need the square to make it happen. But with a sextile, it's like, yeah, let's party. Yeah, we're going to do something together. And it's much more active. So when I say these three planets are going to get to the end of Scorpio and make a sextile to Pluto, yes, we're going to be at that point, we will be after the eclipse. And I think we're going to have some fun and games, especially when we find out this, all the deep stuff that always Scorpio season brings up. So I'm quite pleased about that. So on the 28th of October, <clears throat> special day that, on the 28th of October, Mars makes an exact opposition to Jupiter. Mars will be at 11 degrees Scorpio and Jupiter at 11 degrees Taurus. And that's quite a powerful opposition. Mars, the dynamic, dynamic, dynamo, action orientated goal and let's go get them. And Jupiter, flow, abundance, always saying yes to things. Let's go and supersize me up, you geezer kind of energy. So this is like, wow, feisty stuff. And of course, what else happens on the 28th of October? We have the eclipse. We have the lunar eclipse at five degrees Taurus. So only only six degrees away from this opposition, six degrees away from Jupiter in Taurus. So this is powerful stuff. It's like here is Jupiter, like I say, supersize me up, is actually supersizing this eclipse in Taurus. And Jupiter in Taurus, you know, it's Jupiter's obviously so utterly expansive and always in flow and always saying yes. And so the answer to that supersize me is yes, going on that theme. But in in Taurus, in Jupiter in Taurus, you know, what is going to be supersized? What is going to have the yes and the flow? It's Taurus, it's Mother Earth, it's planet Earth. And it's also our physical bodies, our manifestation that is going to be augmented and come into center stage. And also our feelings, our feelings about ourselves. And, um, you know, it's quite touchy feely. It's, it's comfort food territory. It's actually making yourself feel good about yourself. And it also is a little bit of sex as well. But so we, you know, on a bigger scale, we become aware of our bodies and what's happening with our bodies. And we're aware of planet Earth and what's happening on planet Earth and the, you know, the shifts that's going on. And I think there's two things here, aware of our bodies, aware of what's happening to our bodies and potentially here, what's happened to them. What are the results here? I know on the 20th of October in the UK, we've had the first time 
We've spoken about excess deaths and what really has happened with those girls in Africa who were experiencing weak limbs and they couldn't walk and they just said, oh, it's hysteria. But of course, Bill Gates had been in there six months prior. So, um, you know, our, what is happening to our bodies? This is going to come up really big time. What has happened? What's been done? Where are we going in our health and our feeling about bodies? And also on the idea about um, my body, my choice, my body, my choice, and not just in terms of sex, but in terms of whether you have an abortion or not, whether you are allowed to have a medication or not. All those ideas are going to come up. And then, of course, what's happening on planet Earth? And of course, there's this huge debate about sustainability and we want things to be sustainable. Of course we do. But at what cost and at what lies are we being told so that that cost is justified? Yeah, land barriers or the, or the idea that we would have um, geographical separation, division of land, Um are so vehemently contested when really maybe you should be able to blend from one to the other. Um, and of course, we have a sort of tribal element to this, but gosh, you know, these movements of land, you place one one nation here or one group of people there and they can't move or they they don't let another person move out of theirs. It's it's um it's kind of um maybe those things are gonna come up with this lunar eclipse. Maybe this is what planet Earth, Mother Earth's going to say, what the hell are you doing by this? This is this is bit gone a bit too far. And potentially another thing that's gone a bit too far, which I think this Taurus lunar eclipse will bring into the open again, is the debate about what is a woman? What what does a woman's body look like? What does it have? Yes, it has a cervix. Just I just want to make that plain um, because the leader of the opposition says that we you can't say that. So I'm going to say it. Women have a cervix. And um, yeah, so what makes a woman? What makes a man? Those are going to be prime targets for this lunar eclipse in Taurus because of Taurus's association with our body and our and sex. Taurus Taurus's sex in terms of rutting season and um, enjoyment and bodily satisfaction, whereas uh, other sex in the chart is, is, takes on different tones. But that's Taurus's flavour. So that is definitely about our physicality here, how we might take pleasure and how we might feel it in our bodies and really, and, you know, the, the senses becoming quite prime. Although I would add that you know, as much as Steiner has also said, and that we are heading towards the idea that our physical bodies are becoming loosely, more loosely attached to the etheric and the astral, so that we're becoming more open to spirit as we went into density, we're also in a future stage of, of humanity going into a time when we will lose our um, polarity of the sexes and that we will become much more androgynous rather than hermaphrodite. And this is where we are heading. You can see it now um, that when we were in Lemuria, 
which was before Atlantis in that Lemurian stage, we were all prepubescent and we all weren't really defined of male and female. And that's that thing where you get Lemurian karma when when they discovered the male and female, they all went a bit crazy um, having quite a lot of sex. And that's and it, and it was like not heart centered sex. So it was the, the discovery of it. So um yeah, we, we kind of went a bit far and, and we're going, gonna, we have to go back appropriately um, because fertility and the idea that a man and a woman comes together and become fertile was a gift to humans. This was gifted to humans at the fall. It wasn't something that was innate or, and already there. It was gifted from the gods. And of course, as humans, we override that gift, you know, when that gift isn't there or we're finding it difficult. And even some people before they even find it difficult, just go, ah, let's go straight to the IVF or or we then um, block out our hormonal um, cycles so that we then become infertile um, for women on the pill. I mean, and so we're overriding what spirit says or we're overriding our karma in that sense. And, you know, we Oh, and then there's this idea that we've got to have a child under all costs. And, you know, the, the failure if you don't have one, it's such a, a cultural um, instinct or a cultural um, um, belief system and oppression that this has to happen to everyone. Whereas before, you know, you know, we, it was so much more community led that it it was everyone was in it together and everyone was looking after the children. So was it so important that you just didn't have your own in that sense or didn't have your own another mouth to feed? Um, so in a future stage, when we lose the fertility, because we're we're losing this, we're doing it now by by taking control of our own fertility. So in the future, we lose that. But what then happens then is that we are able to procreate via the sound vibration. And this is kind of what happened to uh, Mother Mary, um, Mary at the Annunciation, because the angel comes down and whispers it in her ear and whispers a vibration into her ear that she's going to have the child. And that ear, um, the eustachian tube in the ear, it mimics the fallopian tube down in the sacral. And we know the sacral and the um, um, throat chakra are very much linked and have this sort of, of similar qualities in that sense. So that is where we're heading as in humanity. But of course, it needs to be done uh, in the appropriate way. It needs to be done carefully and it's not to be done with an ideology that takes over um, and forces it on younger people. It's an it's something that may happen and will is you know destined to happen if you're reading into your Steiner um, where we do go down that route. So for now I think we've got to enjoy the fact that we have this polarity and that we are um, we have the different sexes. And that there are two at the moment, even though you might want to blend in the middle. So as I say, these things need to happen in the appropriate way with delicate um, forms of delicate processing and slowly and not being forced by any way. But this lunar eclipse in Taurus could bring all the misgivings to the surface whilst opening the door to absolute mischief. So, you know, 
the debates are going to be there. We've already been digging deep into some dark stuff. And so literally on planet Earth, we're going to see some, we're going to feel it rather than see it, I think. The feeling is going to be strong. In a lunar eclipse, of course, the, it's a, it is a, a full moon. So the sun and the moon on the other side, either side of the Earth. But in this sense, they are on the elliptic. So they're in a dead straight line and not sort of slightly. The moon is either usually normally slightly above or slightly below. So they're in a dead straight line and the moon is on the north, north node side in Taurus. So this is North Node territory, even though the North Node has now moved into Aries. This is the last time we have a Taurus lunar eclipse of this 18 month period on the Scorpio Taurus axis. So this is the last Taurus one and it's at five degrees Taurus and the North Node has moved on into Aries. But because it's on the North Node side, that means it's about our future. And of course, these these ideas that we're talking about are about what's going to be happening with planet Earth in the future. And they're very much going to be there. Um, the, the overwhelm around the topics will be kind of the, the, quite dramatic, I would say. And the idea that the moon is going to be blocked out is that we are we're blocking the moon out is that we are giving over then to you know, the moon is beaming down on sort of, sort of quite esoteric, mysterious uh, ideas or themes and energies. It's our, you know, memories and uh, things that we, you know, things that happen beyond the veil, our subconscious. So when we're cut off from that, when literally cut off from that, we our mind and our concerns come directly to earthly issues, things that are happening to us. And because this is in Taurus, it's very much happening to us in a physical sense. It's super powerful to be here, really like grounded in your body going, oh my God, I feel every inch of my incarnation now. And that might hurt. <laughs> and and while we're feeling these rumblings in our body and um we've got to think about that Taurus also has a huge association with money. And the association comes because of the fertileness, the abundance, the, the fertileness of the earth is earth's rich pickings, You're always going to have money and wealth. And of course, Jupiter is here, Jupiter, planet of abundance, and, you know, really highlighting the flow of money and the production of wealth. How does it get there? Where was all this money come? You know, how can they just give billions away to another country and and others are left and their own country left without um, proper ability to buy a home and um, pay for the central heating, etc. So this Jupiter money issue and where we're really, like I say, feeling every essence of our incarnation in our physicality going, you know, I could be starving here. I could, I, you know, I could be in poverty. I'm, I'm really at the coalface of this incarnation feeling why, um, why is this so hard? you know, or is feeling quite hard here. And the flow of money potentially is going to be an issue here. And again, this might be another step towards digital currency and therefore uh, another step further away from freedom, absolute freedom to do what we want with our money. 
And because this is a lunar eclipse, like a full moon, the sun and the moon are on opposite sides. So the sun is in Scorpio, the moon is in Taurus. And that's the paradox of a full moon and a lunar eclipse, as opposed to a new moon and a solar eclipse. When the sun and the moon are in the same place, they agree and they're enforcing that energy double fold. Whereas when they're in an opposite signs in a full moon lunar eclipse, it's the paradox of the earthly sun, the vital energy and the forces that that brings in one sign and the moon with its more esoteric subconscious ideas in the other. And that's why you kind of get more of a drama around them and more of a um, not necessarily antagonistic, but the overwhelm and wow, there, here comes a curveball and I wasn't expecting that and stuff to deal with. <laughs> so, um, of course, this this eclipse energy is going to be around for Halloween and the dead might rise from their earthly graves indeed. And even but to, before we get to Halloween, the day after the eclipse is on the 28th of October, the day after. So the eclipse was on the day of the eclipse. We had Mars at 11 degrees um, in a direct opposite to Jupiter at 11 degrees and the sun and the moon where sun was at five degrees and the moon is at five degrees. So that's a tiny little, you know, the six degree separation of, of those oppositions. And as I say, Mars in Scorpio is digging deep and being exact opposite to um, Jupiter. So expansive, you know, so dynamic together, but pulling in other directions. And so therefore the drama, the antagonism, the profound kind of ideas that this is a disagreement really um, going in two different ways rather dramatically is around this lunar eclipse as well as the idea that the next day mercury also sits on 11 degrees scorpio so mercury joins mars there so mercury and mars together again that's loud noise that's like that's like those two have been digging deep and now they're going to tell everyone what they found out it's like you cannot, sh it's like Mercury just comes along and adds so much explosive kind of thinking power, new ideas, you know, says it, says it, you know, when, you know, I, when I was a kid, people used to say to me, oh, you always, you know, like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. And so, no, I'm just telling you, saying what everyone was thinking. And this is what Mercury does here. It's just going to say it out loud. So there's a bit of a shock not not only are we just getting the curveball, then we get the shock, the shock announcement, something coming through on this eclipse. So I think there's like a pain spot here and this lunar eclipse and the day after the 29th. There's the, the misgivings around this, the deep self sabotage, the deep self, I can't speak, the deep self sabotage that comes from, you know, these underhand misgivings and potentially what we do to our bodies, you know, when we might be, say, drinking too much, eating too much sugar, very much a Torian thing, eating too much of anything. And that juxtaposition is, is could be in a, you know, where you'll get, um, tell yourself ideas and then you, yeah, definitely self-sabotage on a diet front, on an addiction front. But also, 
on the way that the way that the planet is and the riches come about, as I just mentioned, you know, the plundering of planet Earth, the wealth. How do we get the wealth and why do we carve the not just carve the, it up into countries, but look at the 15 minutes, the land grab, the idea that we have to stay in one section of land, a 15 minute journeys from anywhere around our our, our, our um our, where our place of where we live is kind of like you know that that's that Taurus energy of the land and what it means to us and our freedom on it that perhaps you know now we're trying to be or it's now there are ideas of keeping us into certain sections it's worse than just having um one you know, north and south, the argument about north and south, this is like 15 minutes, which is um, is like an extreme version of that, I guess, for this lunar eclipse. So I guess what I'm saying is that it's not just this solar eclipse that is releasing this power and really forcing some of these itches and making us feel it. You know, it's the lunar eclipse is frighteningly pulling out all the stops to create a war you know, of what the dark want, what the 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 Scorpiono dark powers want, you know, the deep hidden state like the CIA versus what is happening in real life on the Earth's surface. So, you know, like with Scorpio and the surveillance of Scorpio, Scorpios don't miss a trick, do they? And they see all that underhand planning the unspoken motives, the money changing hands, the child trafficking, the putting one select one, putting one celebrity on a pedestal above another, and feeding that celebrity's addictions and also their insecurities, so that they get be famous and it becomes the play toy thing before they then take them down. That's all Scorpio power shifting energy. And on the Taurus side, uh, where the moon is and the eclipses and Jupiter and let's not say Uranus as well, we've got 5G. That's gone a bit quiet, hasn't it? Um, we've got intensive farming, intensive and abusive farming, really. We've got weather control. We've got over-sexualized children. Uh, we've over-sexualized children, movies, clothes, literature. We've got sustainable planet initiatives that aren't really gonna you know from people who aren't really haven't got that at their heart of of w w why they're doing it we've got synthetic meat insect burgers that's all taurus energy and we've got cutting up the bodies to transition from one sex to another i mean that's that just saying that sounds quite ridiculous but this is all writ large for this taurus lunation uh, it's an, a lunar eclipse and a, a full moon, double whammy. So see how you get on <laughs> and let me know. <laughs> I'm not painting a very pre pretty picture, but also let's say that you have a really nice, comfortable time and uh, you can eat the cake and have the sex and um, go out to the country and have a really nice time like Ferdinand the Bull in a happy place and make it happy for you uh, with Mother Nature. Just do it. That sounds a much better way to spend your time than this lunar eclipse. So moving on. So that's the 28th and then the 29th with Mercury joining it um, on the Scorpio side. 
with two oppositions, not just the sun and the moon. So now we go on to the 30th of October. And here Venus comes back into the picture. Venus is now at the bottom, the driving end of the kite that we spoke about in previous episodes. And there's a kite formation that is headed up with Neptune in Pisces at the top. So that's where we're heading. We're always heading towards the top end of the kite, which is Neptune in Pisces. And that's where I feel like there's a surrender there to surrender, to go deeper into the matrix, to deeper into the program, but to go so far that you suddenly wake up from what's happening. And I feel like Neptune in Pisces is opening us up into new dimensions, new levels of consciousness for humanity. And I think that's what this kite is really bringing about because Neptune isn't going to be in Pisces for much longer. And I've quite enjoyed the effect of Neptune in Pisces. It's utterly creative. It's quite it's it's quite witchy. It's quite dealing with things beyond the veil and then making them very real, uh, but actually not being able to quantify them at the same time. Um, but actually, I think this is a wonderful power for humanity to open up to new levels of consciousness and go into new the new dimension from we're going from three third dimension to fifth dimension we're jumping the fourth but i think it's coming with us so it was not missing it out it's just opening up to that level so i feel that this kite so at the top neptune in pisces on one side is the uh, which is a sextile as mentioned before is capricorn in pisces sitting on america's Pluto return. So that Pluto there is really digging in deep to the corruption in the world, to the power shifts that go on, the goals, the money, the wealth, the, the corporate state that's now happening, the money making that goes on behind the state. And that is really what is waking a lot of people up. I should imagine, to really what's going on. It's just become too obvious. And then on the other side, we've got Uranus in Taurus. And that Uranus is the great enlightenment planet. And in Taurus, it's lighting us up. So we are being separated from our, our physical bodies. There is that separation happening. So, of course, with with the sextile that's happening, there's a trine between Taurus. Uh, sorry, there's a trine between Uranus and Pluto. So with Neptune at the head, it's like, wow, we are heading up to the spaceship for sure. But at the bottom, so the bottom has been activated. It was first activated because Mars went far through Virgo first. Then Mercury came along and went through to his um, retrograde point, then came back and then went back again. So Mercury's done it twice, stationed twice on this point. Then the sun came through and activated this kite again at the bottom of it. And now we have Venus here, Venus in Virgo. Venus is picking her way through Virgo after her Leo retrograde, which is where she taught us about our heart energy, our vibe that we are, um, that we all carry around with us with this big toroidal energy of the heart. It's not our brain. It's not our livers or our stomach. It's our heart. Our heart energy is what is felt by other people. And there was Venus teaching about us to keep our vibe high, to ensure that, you know, that we can pass this good energy on and then lift and elevate the vibration of humanity. So here she is now in Virgo and she in here, there's a choice in Virgo. You know, with Venus there, we want to decide what is right for our heart. You know, and we can also then work towards 
pleasing ourselves with that heart. You know, put in some diligent hours to to understand what's right and, and put in the work. So this is like a sweetly adding the service to help others, to help ourselves. Um, and I think, you know, Virgo in Venus can be accused of being a little bit cold, um, a little bit, you know, um, logical rather than emotional. But actually here we after the emotional stuff we've been through, this is her saying, right, let, let's choose and let's let's make it happen for ourselves in a very sweet, um, uh, very small and delicate way. So she's at the bottom of this kite. And so that's what's going to drive this kite forward. Our decisions about our heart sense, what we personally do in a very small way in, in our daily lives. Uh, that's what matters. Who that, That's what's going to show up as who we are and how we push humanity forward. So on the 30th, um, and then onto the 31st, onto Halloween, she makes a lovely trine with Uranus. So this is this is lovely Venus in Virgo, the maiden. And she is in a trine. She's at 21 degrees Virgo and she's making a trine to crazy ass Uranus in Taurus. So there's the two Earth signs making a nice connection. And this is kind of quite a nice electrifying activation. This is another, whoa, here we go again. And of course, we've had the Jupiter and the eclipse at, in early Taurus. And now this is at the other end, 21 degrees Taurus. So again, this is earthly activation of understanding our own bodies and what's happening within them. And that's where Virgo goes. We need to make a choice. We can make a choice. Even if that choice was taken away from us, we need choice and we need to have discernment about what goes into our body and how we behave on top of that. And, and Venus allows us to make this choice, but actually to put in the work to do it, to go, I've decided I'm going to do it and now I'm going to write about it or I'm going to speak it or I'm going to I'm going to make it happen in a very diligent way. It's not it's not something you can forget about afterwards. It's 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 there's due diligence around this, but that can be so deeply nourishing. You know, Virgo is about our health as well. She has a very mindful kind of idea that we look after our health. So Venus here, yes, it's it's deeply nourishing to our souls, deeply nourishing to our body, and it's doing the right thing. And therefore, it's very satisfying for the Venus in Virgo. It's our heart's desires, just making small measures, small accounts to come closer to our better well-being much better health and satisfying our heart's desires. So it is a lovely thing to be at the end of this kite and also in a trine to Uranus, which is utterly activating. So I think we can have a good time around this. I think that we can make some really good choices for our bodies and um, for what we want to happen and how we want to be. So thank you for listening to this last part of October and our October eclipse, lunar eclipse in Taurus. Um, I hope you found that satisfying. Please go in your Venus and Virgo precise and discerning way in the beauty way. God bless. <laughs>